Hi, I'm Elena Joe with Big Picture Relationships, and you are here for the episode called Riding Waves of Marriage. I want to talk to you about something fascinating I still remember from graduate school, all about marriage and the ebbs and flows and waiting things out over time. I want to talk about some of the stages of love and how we can avoid jumping from infatuation to infatuation. And I just want to make all of us people in long-term relationships feel a little more normal and a little more encouraged about the normal things we go through every day. Thanks for joining me. This is Big Picture Relationships with Elena Joe, a therapist sharing insights, ideas, and real-life pep talks that encourage you to expand your perspective, maybe shift some behaviors, and make the most of real-life relationships so you can live a happy life right now. Hey guys, a few years ago, I went on a long walk with an old friend. This is a friend of mine who we'd been friends since childhood, and we were catching up because she'd come back to visit from being far away out of town. We're on this long walk and updating each other on life, and she told me how miserable she was in her marriage. And I won't use the words that she used, but she said her husband was a real jerk, if you know what I mean. And none of the kids could stand him. He was impatient. They weren't getting along. There was no spark, no chemistry. And she was counting down the years until her kids finished high school so that she could get divorced and move on and build a life and be happy without him. That's how miserable it was at this time. And I remember empathizing and, man, that is so hard when marriage is that rotten. Well, fast forward a few years, and we got together last year sometime, and to my amazement, now, and I guess maybe not my amazement, because I had sort of watched through social media or occasional updates, that she didn't seem to hate her husband anymore. In fact, they took a couple of couples trips, and then there were pictures of him with the family all smiling, and all of a sudden marriage didn't look so miserable. So last year when we got together and talked, she said that she was so happy, and that somehow they'd weathered those really rough patches and were more delighted with each other than they had been in a very long time. And this illustrates a point that I've thought a lot about, and this is the idea that marriage and the love that comes in a long-term relationship like that has waves, ebbs, and flows. Now, I tried to dig into the research for you guys on this one, and it's overwhelming because, oh my goodness, even in scholarly journals, you try to dig into research. And I'm telling you, there's this one statistic I'm trying to find. I'll describe in a minute. But trying to dig into that, there's such an overwhelming amount of research about marriage that I can't, I can't quote it for you exactly. But I remember learning in both my undergraduate studies and in graduate studies about longitudinal studies. Now, these are, so I know I keep seeing the word studies, but this is research that they do where over a long period of time they check in with people. That's what you hear whenever you read longitudinal. So these researchers would check in with couples every few years and give them a battery of tests and see how they were doing. And a fascinating thing emerged in this long-term research, which was that many couples who were unhappy very unhappy, maybe even on the brink of separating or divorcing, at one point in this longitudinal study, a few years later, weren't that miserable anymore and seemed quite happy. And some of them could hardly even remember three, five years down the road that they were on the brink of divorce before that. And that idea has always stuck with me that often when you stick something out, when you ride the wave of it, it might go away or get better. Now, this is where I give my big disclaimer. It's really tricky to talk about a subject like this, like, you know, my brainwashing episode, because 
this should not apply to an abusive relationship, to a relationship you may be in that degrades your worth as a person over a long, constant period of time, one where you're talked down to or treated stupidly. This is not meant to mean writing out a marriage where, with a person who's unable to feel empathy or a person who is unable to follow through on making changes even when they really want to. So those are different cases. Please don't ride out the waves of those forever. Get the professional help you need to make an informed decision about those. But I'm talking just about to kind of the average person who's in a marriage with a decently good person and wants to make it work. There are clearly some different steps in our love journey. And at the beginning, the very first stage is really best called infatuation. This is when you can't get enough of that loved one. You think about them, you dream of them, you miss them while they're away, your body's on fire for them, you can't wait to be together. And that is an amazing emotion that is similar in brain chemicals to heroin, cocaine, to uppers, to speed. It really is in the brain mimics this amazing, powerful drug and that infatuation. Don't you all remember those days in your courtship? It was like magical. It was so great. Sometimes that infatuation lasts even for a couple years through dating, maybe through the beginning of marriage. But after that stage of infatuation comes almost for every couple, a stage of disillusionment. This is where that person you've loved starts to fall off their pedestal. Suddenly the things they do bug you. The patterns you have are really annoying and get in the way for yourselves. And this disillusionment is tricky and that's hard. And I'm not giving you lengths of time because every marriage is different. I remember in a marriage class that I took in my graduate studies seeing graphs where some people have really rough dating and then the beginning of marriage is easy. Some people have the best smoothest dating and then have a miserable first year of marriage. And I mean, countless ways that it could look if you're charting like difficulty and strife on a graph. But bottom line, at some point there's this magical infatuation followed by some disillusionment. And as you work through that disillusionment, then comes on the heels of that a new sort of love. And let's just call it type A love, whatever that means. It might mean building up respect for one another. It might mean bonding over a new baby. It might be respecting someone, your partner in their career and building a house or a family. And guess what? Over time, even that love shifts now to a type B sort of love. Now this is fill in the blank. What sort of new love comes next? Maybe it's respect for changing bodies as you age. Maybe it's respect for parenting and fighting and working through hard things. But the bottom line is that love evolves and changes over time in waves. And there are tides, much like this wave analogy. Tides come in, they're high, they're wonderful, and tides go out. And the ground dries up, and it seems barren, and it's a rough, rotten time. Now, these tides change in a couple different ways, sometimes imperceptibly. And in the same way that it's really difficult to notice when exactly the tide is changing, if you've ever sat at the ocean and watched it come in or watched it go out, it is a slow process. And you can't really at one point say, oh, there it is, the tide's in, or oh, there it is, the tide's all the way out. Sometimes this changing of waves in a marriage feels the same way. Sometimes those changes are hard fought for. Sometimes it takes a lot of counseling and journaling and couple talks and years of working hard together. And sometimes those tide changes happen imperceptibly kind of on their own. In the studies that I referenced, remembering from my um, graduate work and undergraduate work, 
many of those couples in the longitudinal studies didn't do any marriage counseling, didn't do really hard things. It was just the passage of time and tides ebbing and flowing that made a difference. Another good friend of mine from college, a good friend where we were often in the same group that ran around together. Well, his wife had an emotional affair a number of years ago, and he was devastated. He was so defeated, deflated. How had this happened in his marriage and his wife turning emotionally to someone else with a handful of little kids at home? He was miserable, just in agony, and I would almost say so miserable that he didn't want to live. Like, that's how low and dark he was and how worried I was about this situation. He didn't have the energy at that time to even do anything about this. He thought, do I leave her? Do I start over? I have all these little kids. Divorce is so expensive. I can't support two households. Like, it was this really devastating time for them. So because they didn't have any choice to do anything differently, they trudged along. He trudged along. He kept at it, kept going. Now, I'm not close enough to this couple anymore to be privy to all the details, but I know it was a lot of hard work for them, some therapy, some help. But a few years later, I could hardly imagine a happier couple. They together are best friends and they just glow. They talk at night. They hang out. They do things with their family. It's really kind of amazing. And he confided in me, I am so glad that I didn't give up because I have never been happier. Now, I know that's an extreme story. The rest of us are just kind of normal people plugging along with hopefully sort of normal average sort of struggles. And the bigger point here is that marriage satisfaction, whether it's from an event or just overall satisfaction with marriage, comes and goes in waves. This is normal. It's pretty good to remember, too. Some of you listening to this might feel like the tide is out and you can hardly imagine it coming back in. And some of you are at full tide and happy and blissful. And that's awesome. Maybe it'll stay in for a long time. But in case it doesn't, in case things get hard, it's all right to name that and to feel normal about it. While trying to find some research for you guys or some stuff that's more than just me talking at you, I came upon a guy named Mark Manson who describes himself as an author, a thinker, and a life enthusiast. And around the time he got married, he sent out a giant poll and 1,500 people responded. So it's really a poll of 1,500 people who'd been happily married 10 or more years. And he compiled all this data, just, you know, anecdotal. This isn't the same as like a big scholarly study. But still, it was interesting to see that 13 different repeated themes came up. He said this advice from people who'd been happily married 10 or more years was really repetitive. And one of the men who responded, I wanted to read what he said. His name, A man named Kevin responded to this marriage poll, said, quote, Two years ago, I suddenly began resenting my wife for any number of reasons. I felt as if we were floating along, doing a great job of coexisting and co-parenting, but not sustaining a real connection. It deteriorated to the point that I considered separating from her. However, whenever I gave the matter intense thought, I could not pinpoint the single issue that was the deal-breaker. I knew her to be an amazing person, mother, and friend, so I bit my tongue a lot and held out hope that the malaise would pass just the way it had arrived. Fortunately, it did, and I love her more than ever. So the final bit of wisdom is to afford your spouse the benefit of the doubt. If you have been happy for such a long period, that is the case for a good reason. 
be patient and focus on the many aspects of her that still exist that caused you to fall in love in the first place. End quote. My family was all in town these last weeks for the 4th of July here, big family celebrations. And as we were talking about this very thing and all of our different marriages, one of my sisters said a very wise thing. And she said, sure, marriage is hard. You know, it's hard. He's hard. But I'm not going to find anybody better. A perfect marriage does not exist. You just find a new set of problems. And I thought that was so wise and such a realistic perspective because any of us that get fed up with our partner and their issues, let me tell you, having been married twice myself, you just find a new set of problems. And some are more doable and some are rougher, but there is no such thing as a perfect marriage or a state of infatuation that lasts forever. Let me talk about that infatuation for a hot second because I should have done it better justice earlier. There are people in their lives who hop from new relationship to new relationship seeking a permanent infatuation state. Remember I described it as like brain chemicals, drug chemicals, and think of serial monogamists. Yes, that's a title that really means somebody who kind of goes from long-term relationship to long-term relationship or even marriage to marriage. And they're with one person at a time, but serially, meaning there's a lot of them. And that infatuation doesn't last forever. And let's not any of us worry about or get caught up in trying to sustain it forever and hopping from relationship to relationship without developing that deeper kind of love. There is not a perfect person or a perfect marriage out there that's going to give you permanent infatuation. Finishing up with what Mark Manson, remember the author, thinker, and life enthusiast who pulled all those people, had to say, kind of his last statement of all these different, these 13 things that he found. He said, Out of the hundreds of analogies I saw these past few weeks, one stuck with me. A nurse emailed saying that she used to work with a lot of geriatric patients, and one day she was talking to a man in his late 80s about marriage and why his had lasted so long. The man said something like, Relationships exist as waves, and people need to learn how to ride them. Upon asking him to explain, he said that, like the ocean, there are constant waves of emotion going on within a relationship, ups and downs. Some waves last for hours, some last for months and even years. The key is understanding that few of those waves have anything to do with the quality of the relationship. People lose jobs, family members die, couples relocate, they switch careers, make a lot of money, lose a lot of money. Your job as a committed partner is to simply ride the waves with the person you love, regardless of where they go. Because ultimately, none of these waves last, and you simply end up with each other. End quote. So, I raise my glass to all of you riding life waves and marriage waves and encourage all of us to remember to look at the big picture of our relationship and where we might be on one of those waves instead of getting too hung up on what's happening right here before us, especially if it's a hard time. Good luck to you guys. If you're enjoying big picture relationships, help it grow. Pass this along to somebody who could love it. Post about it on Facebook or social media. Find me on Instagram. I'm posting almost daily little snippets and uplifts and give me a rating or a review in iTunes. Thanks so much, you guys. Visit www.elenajo.co for show notes and random photos along with any handouts mentioned in this episode. Find elenajo.co on Instagram for daily big picture reminders. 
and join the big picture email list for an occasional pick-me-up in your inbox from Elena Joe. Thanks for joining us.